0: Welcome to the
1: Movie Hit List Podcast, where each week we review a movie and decide whether or not we would put it on each of our hit lists. So essentially, whether or not we would kill it off because it's not worth your time.
0: So this week on Movie Hit List Podcast, we're doing something a little bit different. Instead of reviewing a movie, we're kind of looking at like the theories surrounding the movie. So we're doing The Shining, which is a great movie, and we don't need to... Uh, review just
1: fyi there will be spoilers
0: oh yeah there will be spoilers but i feel like at this point if you haven't it was... seen
1: it you need to go see it yeah
0: also if you haven't seen it like all the theories would be super confusing yeah please watch it um yes so it's directed by stanley kubrick and kubrick is incredibly detail-oriented. So while I don't necessarily think all of these theories are true, there's definitely a lot of aspects from them that I think he like purposefully made sure they were in the movie. Um, so the first theory I'm going to talk about is the Native American genocide theory. Um, so to start with, Uh, The hotel has a lot of Native American-themed artwork, so, like, that's pretty obvious. Um, Kubrick actually added a scene to the movie that wasn't in the book, and it's the scene where they're, like, walking around outside, and they talk about how the hotel was built over an Indian burial ground, which, you know, like, generally in any movie or story has bad connotations. They're breaking something sacred, whatever. So the fact that he added that was obviously very purposeful. And so a lot of people think that the uh, Indian genocide is tied to Danny's vision of the river of blood, the part where there's like blood gushing out of the elevators that that's supposed to represent all the people that have died there. Um, And then the other thing that goes along with it is The first time Danny kind of tunes in to his powers at the hotel, he focuses on a can of calumet baking powder. And the can uh, has an image of a Native American on it. And calumet apparently supposedly means peace pipe. And so the can, I guess, essentially symbolizes um, the broken peace treaties in part with the Native Americans, but also kind of with Danny's family because it's shown there, and then you see it again when Jack is trying to kill his family. So, like the Broken Peace Treaty, basically between his parents, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Say so. <laughs> so that's the first theory I found. Um, I thought it was pretty interesting. I don't know, the like baking powder can part is a little more out there, but I think the rest of it was pretty on purpose.
1: Yeah, I would say so. Um, the next theory that I'm going to talk about is the relation to the number 42 in this film. So in 1942, Nazis put the final solution into place. And so they kind of relate that number 42 to several different things within this film. There are 42 cars in the hotel parking lot. Uh, there's a number 42 on one of Danny's shirts. Uh, there's a 42 on the rental car that Halloran gets and like, towards the middle of the movie, end of it, Danny and Wendy are watching the Summer of 42 movie. Yeah. Not only that, the Room 237 that's very popular in this film, if you add up, or if you multiply two times three times seven, you get 42. Which kind of blew my mind,
0: honestly. I wasn't (laughs)
1: actually thinking about that when I, like, read that. I was like, oh my gosh, that makes so much sense. But, like... I don't know how how much of this I believe. Really, like it's interesting, uh, but I mean, I think that could be a coincidence to I some think extent. To me, like obviously, I
0: think forty two is used a lot in the movie. Yeah, I just don't know if it directly
1: relates to the Holocaust or if it relates to the meaning of life,
0: which is forty two. Oh, <laughs> um, um, but yeah.
1: So I guess that was one. Theory. i don't think i find it super plausible but i mean 42 you can't deny that that's a popular number within this film
0: maybe it's stanley kubrick's favorite number it's possible anything is um another theory or so like there's a lot of theories surrounding the idea of jack and the devil some think he is the devil a lot of them talk about um the overlook being hell and that either, like, when he signs his employment contract, he's signing with the devil, or the part where he first goes to the bar, and he's like, oh, I'd do anything for a drink. That's him, you know, selling his soul, making a pact with the devil um, to get a drink, which, like, could be. I mean, I did think it was weird that the drink appeared. Right, that was a little out there, but... But he did say he would do
1: anything, and I did think, like, oh, no, you can't say that. And after that point, he did start to get a lot more psychologically crazy. Right.
0: So it's possible. It's possible. The thing that I found most interesting surrounding this theory was um, at the end of the movie, you see this black and white photograph in the hotel from 1921 And it's like a group of people at a party and in it you see Jack. So one is just confusing because how is he at the hotel so many years before? But a lot of people pointed out that the pose he's in is the same pose as the... I'm really stuck at saying this, but the baphomet or basically the devil tarot card. And I like Google imaged it and it's true. It's the same... I like. I think it was on purpose because it's like one arm is just sort of extended straight down and the other is bent at the elbow with his hand up. And you can, like, Google a Devil Tarot card, The Shining, and it will show, like, the comparison between him and the card. And it, like, is very similar. Enough that I think there's a good chance it was done on purpose.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't put it past Kubrick. I mean, honestly, if you think about it enough, it's kind of obvious that Jack is very much not—he's he's the antagonist, if you think about it. And I think a lot of the things he does very much relate to the devil, in a way. He very clearly, like, becomes evil. Right. So I don't think it's, like, a super far stretch. Um. Alright, so the next theory that I'm going to talk about is one that I actually personally—it struck me at first. I was very surprised when I read it, but, I mean— You can believe it or not. Uh, So there was a lot of comparison between the Apollo 11 and The Shining. So Stanley Kubrick did 2001 A Space Odyssey. And from that, a lot of people believed that he helped uh, fake the moon landing. Of course. (laughs) And I mean, whether you believe in the moon landing or not, like, it's just weird. Right. (laughs) So... In this film, there was a lot of things that related to the Apollo Eleven situation, uh, such as Danny wears a very blatant Apollo Eleven specific sweater, which I thought was super weird when we
0: watched the movie. I didn't understand why. Like, I was like, "Well, maybe it was like such a big thing in that time, but still, like, someone handmade that."
1: Yeah, it's weird. And it was specifically the eleventh one. So, like just like what kubrick had done with the 2001 a space odyssey so i thought that was interesting um not only that there is tang in the pantry that you you see it in the pantry and Mm. that's basically what astronauts ate so that was interesting why would that be in a hotel a nice hotel right it's very i mean it's that doesn't belong there it's not like they're serving their guests that kind of food right doesn't make sense so it had to have been placed there specifically. Um, and then one that I think was really interesting was the two twins that you see in the film that, you know, they they were dead. Yeah. yeah. So uh, those two twins are supposed to represent the failed Gemini missions um, that happened, which was interesting because it's the only one that I think... I don't know it made me think a little bit I was like that's true I mean like that's a pretty interesting comparison yeah because I don't know it's just it's just interesting but like I read this and originally I was like oh my gosh what if he did fake the moon landing like what if this is true and then I went oh my gosh Mandy what is wrong with you like (laughs) obviously not but like it just it was interesting it actually made me think about it and I had to like contemplate whether or not i found it plausible but i mean hey you think the moon landing was fake maybe the
0: shining is for you <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah the only other thing i found about that theory was this one guy claimed that um because room 237 in the hotel is actually room 217 but they changed it so that like I guess the hotel thought no one would pick it
1: if it had been an actual room. Because it's actually based – they, like, filmed in a real hotel or something yeah. like that. And they were like, no one's going to pick this room. Turns out them. that room does not exist – like, 217, that isn't an actual room in that hotel. No, 217 or- is. 237 isn't. No, but, like, I read something that was like, oh, the – um, there wasn't actually a – I don't know. Something like about there wasn't actually, like, a room – in there, and there was really no point in why they changed it.
0: I read that they changed it because they thought no one would pick the room, but then people figured out, like, which room it's actually filmed in, and it's, like, their most requested room. Oh, okay. Interesting.
1: All right. Cool. But um, I was going to say,
0: one theorist claimed that it was changed to 237 because the moon is 237,000 miles from Earth, but that's not Very much discounted. Yeah. Wrong number um and it's more than that
1: <laughs> yeah. fyi
0: the last theory i found which honestly at first i thought was the most far-fetched and then i read it and i thought was the most intriguing so there's this blogger mary Catherine ham i have no idea what she normally talks about in her blog but she has this one post talking about how frozen is disney's the shining what yeah But it's actually, there's a lot of good points. So, to start with, Arendelle and the Overlook Hotel both take place, are both located in snowy mountains, okay? Then you have Elsa and Jack, who are both main characters who are a danger to their family members, and their violence, you know, increases after they're kept isolated in the same, you know, massive building in a snowy location. Then you have Anna and Danny, who are both innocent protagonists who have been, you know, at some point touched by some supernatural whatever. Uh, they both get locked out of a forbidden room and are forced to play alone in the hallways. Like there's literally scenes in both of them like riding bikes solo down hallways, it's just just crazy. Uh, and they both get accidentally injured by the main, or like the, I guess, equivalent main character mm-hmm. earlier on in the story. And then Kristoff and Sven are kind of the equivalent of Halloran and the Snow Cat. They both have a connection with the protagonist. So Kristoff with Anna, Halloran with Danny. And then for both of them, their kind of uh, experience in snowy weather gives them you know, the better ability to rescue or for Halloran try to rescue um their you know, person, Anna and Danny. Um, uh, Hans and Grady. I thought this one was a little bit more far fetched, but it described them as, you know, they're both refined but evil, which I guess because like in the context specifically of The Shining, Grady is very like they're both very formal. Very
1: sophisticated.
0: Right. So uh, And, like,
1: outward appearances, they don't look evil. Right.
0: right. Um, so, Grady is the former caretaker of the Overlook, while Hans is the caretaker of Arendelle, while Elsa runs away. So, that's, like, a little bit looser, but, like, still technically true. Um, and then the escape. Both Anna and Danny escape through an upstairs window of the building and, you know, slide down a snowbank to safely get to the ground and then for the end they both have a character end up frozen in the shining jack and frozen anna um obviously yes anna unfreezes but you do have to keep in mind it's would be disney's version of the
1: shining so like they're still gonna have a happy ending right like you can't completely make it depressing but like that is a lot of parallels there is and there was a lot more than i first thought because when stephanie came to me and she was like the frozen and the shining are like so parallel they're like the same thing i was like there's no way that is impossible <laughs> and then like the more we talked about it i was like oh my gosh right that's, that's insane. crazy and like a part of me is i feel like i'm crazy for thinking that that is like a possibility but like It is. I just listed all these examples (laughs) of like almost
0: all the characters. That's crazy. Man, almost every character and like practically like the main location, they're just all tied in. Crazy. I
1: agree.
0: (laughs) Well, I hope you enjoyed this uh, different episode of us looking at theories rather than reviewing. You'll have to let us know in the comments on social media or whatever else you can comment on for podcasts um to let us know if you liked it and if you have any other requests for movie theories we should look into yes and come back next week to see whatever else we've come up with